0: You're listening to a DM podcast. Hey, we are back in the football shed. The football podcast for fans that live in the wrong time zone. Although this week, I tell you, our time zone's been pretty sweet. You know everything kicks off at nighttime in Europe and you just log on in Australia you're like, "Holy shit, what is going on?" Lots this week, yeah? <laughs> Lots this week. Um Oh, what does John usually say? Uh hi Rog, what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> uh Jeff, uh this week
1: I am drinking uh I've we have been a bit slack with recording lately, so I haven't been able to go to my little bottle shop that's near your house, so I was excited to go today. Um I've got a vocation hop showcase uh double dry hopped pail, which is uh with a hop that hasn't even been named yet, HBC six nine two. It's only got a number. It's a brand new hop. Whoa. What? A brand new hop. Brand new hop.
0: What are you talking about? Well, that's what's in, the,
1: in the some hops. <laughs> some new experimental hops. How is It that that hasn't even, even a thing? been named. Wow. How do they make a new hop? I guess they engineer it. Oh, that's so gross. But it's tasty. What? There's a UK one too. I thought. Given
0: everything that's been happening, I should um, get drink some, something from the land. Get some carbon miles in there. Carl. Yeah. Get some carbon miles. Um, just, just for everyone who listens to this shed on, on a weekly basis, we have had a few fortnightly sessions this towards the end of this season. And um, just apologies for that. As you know, it's been a bit of a turbulent time here in football Shedland, and we're just doing what we can to get to the end of the season to regroup again. However... It would have been very hard to not do a shed this week. Um, oh, shit. John does something else, okay? What is it? Have uh, you got a question? No, no, you no. Oh, yeah, about. I've got, I've got, I've got a question. You haven't about your oh, I'm beer, You're all over the shop. Fucking yeah. hell. Moondog Lager. We're lost without him. Yeah. Moondog Lager. It's a shambles. It is a shambles. Not Moondog Lager. I just want to talk about all of the things that have been yeah, going I'll, on, but I've, I've got to on. do the things. Yeah. If what, what does he say? If you want to email us, email footballshedpodcast at gmail.com or join the Shedders and Volleys community on Facebook. (laughs) And fuck. Okay, right. What a week.
1: It's been great to see uh, all the action. Oh, I haven't seen it, but you told me there's been lots of action on the Shedders and Volleys group with everything that's been going on, which is great to see.
0: Great place to be part of. Right. Okay. Can we get to the fucking stuff, right? Have you got a question? No, I don't care about a question. What a week, Roger. All right. Okay. I'll give you you a question. What's happened this week? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll answer are you it. asking okay. me? No, I'm not. Okay. So, for those, I'm happy to answer. <laughs> for those that have, who regularly listen been to been under podcast, a boss, yeah. Well, no, for those who listen to this podcast regularly, I'm not going to bore you. Yeah, I will assume that you will have been keeping up with the current current affairs. Do you know? I of thought
1: of, of a way you could describe it quickly. Go on. Ready. Well, all I had that came into my head was like a Star Wars scenario of like the dark side or otherwise like super villains. And then I was like, but then it got complicated because I'm kind of like, you've got a supervillain on one side, but then you've also got a bunch I of know, other supervillains. So just gets... I've
0: been trying to work it out too. So for those who are sitting at the back, right, who haven't been paying attention, I'll, I'll give it to you in a 30-second in a nutshell. What is the ESL, Jeff? Well, no, we'll, 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 it's non-existent now, Roger. It doesn't exist. But okay. Anyway, so a bunch of um, narcissistic <laughs> billionaire twats had single-handedly tried to destroy the footballing pyramid... Whether it be for fear of public failure, absolute ego, or complete narcissism, Greed. or just just m- money. misread it's the room, all, it's all about the money. Mate. Put a put a put a bomb underneath what we know as football, and within thirty six hours, forty eight hours, have completely flip flopped and reversed, and we're back to where we started. However, there's a lot of bad taste in the room. I mean, did that sum it up okay?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah, it's, um, it's obviously still in motion. Um, but I think so much has happened. It's sort of hard to, hard to do just, it. Some, and, and <laughs> I feel like I've just been, you know, reading things constantly for like two days. And I felt such a range of emotions during that time as I'm, i mean and you can see so is everybody like Mm. i mean there's a little i I suppose almost some perverse enjoyment because i think it's all terrible but at the same time it's kind of nice to see like something that just just to see all that emotion and you know see everybody and see how much people care and i mean we'll get on to you know some other, other aspects of this about you know how much we care about it and maybe there's a perhaps there's other things we should we should care about as much but i've enjoyed like you can just see how much feeling there is and how much football means to people which is great but i i'm glad that we've had a little bit of time to um digest this and for things to change because i think if we had this podcast yesterday evening the mood in the room would have been very different and it might have just been continuous swear words for. Yeah, I mean, but the
0: the beauty of this medium, Roger, is we can call them a bunch of pricks and not get the sack. So that's good, you know. I see Gary Neville struggling with that because that's <laughs> what he really wants to yeah. do. Um, but you're, you know, you're absolutely right. Had we recorded this last night, it would have been very different. So, so for those who are listening, what we are recording it at time that. Agnelli, is that how you pronounce his mm-hmm. surname, has just come out and said the Super League is not viable and will not happen. That happened about an hour ago before we started recording. I haven't even seen that one. Yeah, there you go. So breaking news, Rog. So, so has we... he
1: resigned from Juventus or not? That no, was he's not. not.
0: Be... That's a rumour and that's not going to happen, yeah. although likelihood is by the time we release this shit. It will have happened, no, in the last few days. But as we record, it's essentially closed shop, done i don't mean close shop in a bad way so so instead of doing our normal um shed running order today i feel like there's some pretty important things Oh, and jose Mourinho got sacked fuck there's some good stuff there's some good we'll stuff get on today to those, yeah. 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 um so i just wanted to kind of quiz you a bit Rog. okay um so firstly how do you feel about everything that's happened in the last three days
1: well, I mean, I said to you before, I I certainly had a bit of a spring in my step today. As this was all, the ESL was imploding and I saw, you know, Woodward resigning um, slash getting forced out. And um, mm, you just seeing see ya, it all falling apart. And I was like, this is brilliant. and I And I felt really happy. But it's mixed emotions because I think you also get an idea of where we're at we are at a point in football where these owners felt and you know executives at the clubs felt emboldened enough to to try and do this you know in the back of a global pandemic now that's pretty scary to me and and i think we'd be naive to think that this is the end of it and that it's you know it's going to go away um we we essentially got some champions league changes that will come in, in 2024 came through on on Monday while all this was happening which are actually a subtle move towards a super league and, and we'll get on to that so I think there's a you know certainly relief happiness um you know joy about watching it all all burn and I've talked to you lots about wanting to get the pitchforks out and I I just it initially it just made me so angry this these bunch of of money grabbing cunts that just <laughs> all this is about is money but then I'm also like should we be surprised on this you know on the shed quite a lot we talk about the we've talked about the commercialisation of football and I mean this is like peak example where Capital, this, is, ca- this is capitalism this, full this, stop yeah, yeah. This, this decision that has been made has no footballing basis whatsoever it is purely about money and about them wanting to have access and more certainty about access to that money. So, I mean, you know, if you remove the footballing pyramid and you have a system where they, uh, there is no relegation and, you know, they continually have access, that's certainty. You know, there's all this talk about with capitalism about, you know, free market and, you you know, free markets great, and free market fits everything fixes everything, and everyone's got a chance. But that's bullshit. What they want is certainty. They just they want to make the money, and that's what this is all about.
0: Of course. Now, now I think there are different motivations for each of the clubs when it comes to why they want that money. You're right that money was the money is the fact. It all comes down to money, and and this is, I I heard a really interesting point. I read a really interesting point. Um. I was going to say last week. No, like a day ago. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like last week. <laughs> it feels like, <laughs> like last week. About this being one of the first times that the, the public are really having capitalism shoved in their faces. And most people would say that they're pretty pro-capitalist as a, as a model. But when you are swept up and discarded by extreme capitalism, you, you probably have a different view. You know, and, and this is the football fan's equivalent of working for Amazon or Apple in China. You know, this is the, this is the same thing that we're experiencing and then perhaps we need to reflect on that and go you know, maybe we need to treat each other a bit better because if this is what capitalism does it's a bad thing. But there is um there are different motivations for the for the desire for the money. You know, Real Madrid and Barcelona are hideously run football clubs. Hideously, we've spoken for two years. Remember, remember when the the, yeah. the Barcelona leaked memo came out? All their sales, all the players are up for sale pre-pandemic. They can't blame the pandemic. The Barcelona are a billion euros in debt. A billion euros. They need this golden ticket of 420 million euros that's being offered for this. They need it. They need it to pay off their debts because they're a poorly run football I, I club. I mean, in
1: Madrid are the same. They've been propped up by the government for, for years. Since so, the 60s, they've yeah. been
0: pro- propped up by the government. So there are different motivations for this. And then it's FOMO. You know, Chelsea and Man City was FOMO. They only signed up last week. They were like, well, oh, well, shit, if you're doing this, we don't want to be left out. And I
1: found that really interesting because they were, you know, there's been talk of Man City and Chelsea being the... Least interested, if mm. you like, the last to sign up and the first out of the big six Premier League clubs. But it's, in, I think you are right. It's a very different motivation because I think if you, the ownership of Chelsea, Russian oligarch, they don't need the money, and Man City, mm. state, state owned, essentially, you are right. They do not need the money. They are in this for sports washing yeah they're in it for the brand which is which is again then interestingly that they were quite quick to backpedal as soon as they Mm -hmm. saw things going wrong because it's not about the money for them and then if they see their brand being damaged by this they don't want anything to do with it
0: it's exact it's exactly right so then then as i said there are different motivations for each club spurs and arsenal have got a golden ticket had a golden ticket from the outside to the inside because they see that their star is falling yeah and Manchester United and Liverpool are the ones that are, should be most disgusting, I'd say, from, from the from the UK. When you talk about brand, you know, Man United's brand is the thing that keeps Man United, you know, rolling in it and so valuable. It's because of their fucking noodle partners in China. You know, they, they have this this universal global brand. And they, they can see that they've not won a trophy since 2013, 2012, 2013. And, oh, sorry, not won the league. And they are, you know, struggling to keep up. Yes, they finished second under Mourinho. Yes, this year is as good as they've looked. But, you know, who could have predicted that? And is this year any year to judge football? What this would have done for Man United is it would have solidified that brand. And that would have solidified income streams that are beyond this. And again, I'm not going to say Man United's star is falling, but they are trying to to shore up what they have been very used to.
1: I, I just... I feel like there's been some miscalculations, though, by... Some? But by... Well, perhaps it's just they're blinded by their arrogance. But I... You know, one of the comments that really really got to me this week, and I think got to a lot of people, was the concept of legacy fans. Mm. I am... a, You know, I am falling in that group of being a legacy fan. And legacy is in the past. Like, you know, and what football needs is the future fans and they see the future fans as more you know, valuable essentially the emerging middle class in india and china mm-hmm. where there's huge <laughs> numbers of people that they think they can sign up to who aren't going to be able to go to games but they can sign up to um, mm. you know to, to to pay for the rights to watch now the, the the thing i think they miss there is that the interest in football and why they've got something to sell it's because of football and everything that comes with it and the the history and not just a brand and, and the competition yeah. not just a brand of and i think very quickly if there were in this world where um they lose their names which could happen um side point because the, the local councils own the have to give permission for their cities for the clubs to use the city's name. So Liverpool for example have permission from Liverpool City Council to use the name Very interesting. Liverpool and the council could um, decide to refuse that. But again it's not going to happen it's it? not going to happen yeah. but anyway but you but you know you just imagine it's Mersey Reds versus um uh, Manchester Devils or yeah. you know, w- whatever um, Spanish Whites and, and and they just play these games that don't mean anything. Now, to me, very quickly that would lose its luster and and you wouldn't have this product to sell. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they they entirely that they just missed that. That the reason people love this and want to watch football is because of everything that comes with it. It's because of the history and it's because of the fans. And if you strip that away, then actually what you're trying to sell is completely different. And I just think they're wrong. I mean I I, I think maybe initially but I think it would go very very quickly I
0: I agree I absolutely agree Uh, and just uh, have you learned in the last few days where the money's coming from
1: JP Morgan
0: yeah okay so what do you mean where's the money that JP Morgan are are putting up coming from exactly right so JP Morgan are a middleman JP Morgan are not spending 420 million pounds per team for this thing that they're going to sell the right to it's investors so who were those investors who is putting... I have not had any information about where this money is... Going. So, okay, right. So, you've spoken about... But, clubs. but again,
1: it's, it's, it, you probably don't have to look too far because it's a financial decision and they would see that they are essentially betting against the future returns of this thing. And I, I think they'd probably very easily find several hedge funds that are willing to chuck in a bunch of money. And
0: mm, I, I, th- I think that there is a very limited amount of money pools that could fund a project like this anonymously and when i say anonymously i mean okay so let's say some of the some of the richest people in the world are, are tied to businesses and if a business was investing this type of money let's say tesla or, or microsoft or apple or what you know or tim cook whomever you you would have to declare to your shareholders that you're investing x, x from your business into this project it would be the
1: so amazon do you, project. Do you well i mean okay so i, I would love to know I mean, I don't. I, I think there would be no. There's no football interest. It's no, no, there's about no, the, money, but there's, I would be interested. Absolutely. To, um,
0: so if it it can't be a publicly listed company, or else you'd have to declare it prior to signing up to J.P. Morgan to say, "Here's my money guaranteed. Here's my contract." It's, it's dark money, Jeff. Well, okay. So it's either a consortium of a fuckload of people, and as you know, with all conspiracy theories, the more people that are involved in that conspiracy theory, the less likely it is to be true because people are people and they talk to people. Mm. So actually I would say that it's a very it's a very shallow pool of resource and if it's a shallow pool of resource that's not a publicly listed company that has that much money and doesn't care about football, is it probably a sovereign nation? And that makes me feel that there was a sovereign investment nation who were very, very keen on investing in the Premier League and got embarrassed publicly not too long ago. Oh, that's interesting. Anyway, that Jeff is conspiracy absolute theory. Jeff conspiracy yeah. theory. Well, but do, do, but,
1: do, when you spoke about Manchester United and Liverpool, the thing I want to ask you about there, um, they obviously both have uh, American ownership. And do you think that that has something to do with their willingness to
0: invest in this at all? 100%. They're, they're used to that system. The, it is always a, a juxtaposition for Americans... To understand or to put any value in in the footballing pyramid, it really is. When when you, when you talk to Americans, uh, and there are Americans who to this podcast, and please, please write in, write us a letter, send us an email, whatever. If you disagree with this, because the, you know the U.S. system, when you can move franchises from city to city. And where it is a closed system and you have to you have to bid for a franchise or or be allocated one like into Miami in in the MLS or be part of an expansion. You know, you can't just get there organically. And the idea of getting there organically is slightly alien to them. But here, let's talk about being in Australia, right? The one thing we say makes football less attractive here is no relegation and promotion. We work in a very similar model in Australia that you do in the US. We have a closed system in the A League. Because of that, we have been whinging for years that it's stale and stagnant. And what we want is, you know, actual competition, something to fear for, for finishing bottom. We can we have it the other way around, and we hate it. So, so yes, it's very um, it's very stable to do it in a closed system, but there's just no joy there. But the thing is, it's it's not going to happen. So, well, the,
1: the, I mean, the only. The... I suppose the way they get around it is by having a draft system so that, in
0: theory, everyone gets a chance to win. But then um, what, but then, what's the point in that? Oh, this is the thing I hate most about the AFL. Here, so the Australian Football League, is because there are peaks and troughs that every club eventually will get, because of their drafts, every club will get good, every club will get shit. And part of me thinks, well, you're just on a merry-go-round to nowhere. And It sounds just, like being an Everton fan. Yeah, it's just, well, no, we're not. <laughs> we finish seventh every year, Rog. We're consistent. But the, with the
1: American side of it oh, this is one of the things that annoyed me in the commentary on it this this week these two <laughs> days actually is that that constantly was being sort of held up as a um kind of like a almost a justification it felt like in some of the media coverage or uh, you know perhaps it's not so bad it's look it's quite similar to an american system and it just made me think immediately like that should not necessarily be a good thing i'm like because i i have so many issues with this concept not just not on a sporting level like i think there are so many things that are abhorrent about it um you know from a a a societal perspective like you say it's a reflection on our system which is so broken and then you get people saying well it's quite like american i'm like america is the most broken of all (laughs) like do we really want do we want anything... <laughs> Is that, a that proof that, of concept? Yeah, that's yeah. not a lesson. And I kept see, kept hearing that the last two days and it was making me quite angry because I've really... You know, I think if anything, from the 12, last 12, you know, 18 months has shown us anything. It has shown us, like, how how deeply ingrained the problems are in in American society. And, and that you know, we shouldn't be looking to them for lessons about our... um how to set up yeah. our sporting competitions.
0: And, and you know, when... Let's look at what's happened in the past in the UK when when we've seen things like that happen, right? So when Wimbledon got moved to Milton Keynes, that was that was a that was a travesty. But what happened is the community in Wimbledon created a brand new football club started at the bottom of the pyramid called AFC Wimbledon, and they eventually are now in the same league as MK Dons. Yeah, and th- what an incredible story that is because actually the the roots to the football club and the community were stronger. Than the the franchise or the brand or whatever you want to look at it, the current team was not as strong as the roots to that community. And that community was going to go, well, we can support a football team. We have proven it and we're going to just start again. We'll enter a brand new team at the bottom of the pyramid, work our way up and fuck you guys in about six years' time. And, and that is the beauty of football in Europe. It's yeah. how it's meant to work. So take that away and, and you're a prick. Should we be surprised Jeff. no we, like we, sh- we shouldn't it, it's inevitable and we've let it happen we've we, we've this is death by a thousand cuts we've sleepwalked into a position where those who are in control of football have no foundation in the game itself there they are third parties who see it as an investment fund
1: i know I, I mean i think the pandemic obviously i think um pushed things along a fair way it in only that it showed them all that you can make money without the fans. They yeah. if they were look they're looking at purely at numbers, you know, they don't care about the football at all. They would be like, actually we don't need the fans. We don't need fans to go with this. All we need is the T V rights. And pump and in if, fake and crowd and, noise and, and, and everyone's a winner. And yeah. if we can control that, that's where the money is. And so I think it you know, it kind of the 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 pandemic created this um vacuum to where they could see that and then and then you know, give them the confidence to go out and try and grab it. But I Again, that just that really bothered me because it's kind of like you're using a, um, you know, a worldwide crisis as like the basis with which to launch your attack. Now, I mean, it's- there are people who would disagree with me and say, "Well, that's good, good capitalism, that's capitalism, you're, you're, Roger." You, you, that's you know, exactly you're, what it is. you're taking advantage of an opportunity, but that just makes me. I I really one of the people that I first heard when this happened was Ian Holloway. And I really like Ian Holloway, um, partly because he's a Bristolian um, and you don't hear many Bristolians on TV. And <laughs> no, he's got it's a, really, jarring, a yeah. really thick accent, so yeah. I love it. Um, but also, he's always been quite forthright in his, mm. his opinions, doesn't mince his words and, you know, accepts his limitations, but he, he'll he's happy to give his opinion. And, I mean, one of the things he, he said was that he really hoped that, you know, the pandemic would perhaps lead to some changes in society and that we we've realized the things that are really important and you know we we look to shift our priorities a bit um and I think a bit of me felt the same but you know in terms of a hope but actually I think it couldn't be further from the truth and I think what we've seen during the pandemic is um a desperate rush by those in control to get things back to the status quo as quickly as possible so that Mm. they can keep making money. We've seen the uh, billionaires get massively richer. You know, the gap between um, those Mm. that have everything and those that don't have much has grown huge amounts. Like, things have got worse. And I think that we always say this, that, you know, football is just a um, A reflection reflection of of society. And... That's what we're seeing with the ESL, and that's a bit as a you know sort of a looking glass onto society, which is what this is. It's pretty scary when you when you see it. Like yeah, that. and it's 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 maybe a bit um, of hope,
0: but I'd, I'd say i say there is a bit of hope by the reaction. But the but you're you're right, and I would have hoped that um, you know, when when Real Madrid cry that they're in debt and they're going to go out of business because of the pandemic I think well why don't you talk to Forest Green or Tranmere Rovers or or MK Dons do you know what I mean you don't want to talk about how you're struggling without without money talk about these clubs and yes I mean arguably Real Madrid are more in debt than Tranmere Rovers however if you live in a mansion and you have a bigger mortgage than me that means you are more in debt does that mean you're most deserving of benefits no, it doesn't, you prick. You shouldn't have bought your mansion. Yeah, you should well, have bought a smaller real. house and lived with it. Because the odds are Forest Green are going to survive. And and I would say, arguably, unless there's a government bailout, Forest Green will survive longer than Real Madrid because they are a sustainable business unit. And Real Madrid have proven for years that they are not. Unless their capitalist world grows and grows and grows forever, exponentially, they will eventually it, lose. It,
1: and it can't. And this is why I always struggle with it. And I think this, again, that ESL was a prime example of that. They, they're continually working out ways to exponentially grow.
0: No, that's their that's money. all they're
1: doing, yeah. Uh, but that can't happen. And to the point where now, the only way they could come up with to make it happen was by destroying
0: the game. Fucking everyone else up. But okay, I, I've got to go on to the Because I've, yeah. I've asked you one question, and I've got a shitload of Okay, so what are the consequences? Um,
1: At an individual level? Or what should the consequences be on the club? Or what do I actually think... Um, is going to happen all of it well i'd like to let's talk about an individual supporter level Mm -hmm. first because i think a lot of the talk has been about isn't it great about the you know the the backlash and what have you there's all the footage of the chelsea fans this morning when they were playing going from being angry to then like celebrating Mm -hmm. but um uh john our fellow podcaster has you know feels pretty strongly about this. I think we've all had some very strong emotions over the last few days, but um, essentially John has co- um, come to the decision that he doesn't want to support Manchester United anymore. He's been mm-hmm. a Manchester United supporter for years. Um, but is so... He's done, yeah. Disgusted with it all that, that he's done. Now, I mean, I don't, do, how, do you think that that will be something that we see?
0: Well... Ah, oh, it's really hard because, okay, so you support a club for many reasons, right? And it, and if your club is run by charlatans and perform in a way that you don't think is just, you know, you you, you have a right to, to disown them. But you also support them for more reasons than who they are run by. You know, you support them for the, the community that they are part of and what they meant in your history and what they might be again. And if you were a Juventus fan when and Juventus got done for financial irregularities, you know, and they got relegated to Serie B, Juventus fans didn't disown the club out of principle. They stuck with the club in the second division and they got promoted with the club. You know, they started at the bottom. Rangers fans. Rangers went under, went bust because of mismanagement and started at the very bottom of the Scottish footballing pyramid and now have won the league this year. Those Rangers fans didn't give up. They were treated unfairly because the hierarchy at their club put them through something that they didn't deserve they didn't deserve it rangers fans did not deserve to be the laughing stock of scotland for 10 years and i'm sorry if rangers fans are listening because that's hard to hear but the fact is every celtic supporter in the land is still going to tell you that you're not even the real club you're not even the club that has won those those titles. You have not won 56 trophies. You don't exist. You're a brand new club that's only won one. And you're going to have to live with that for the rest of your life. You don't deserve that. As a fan, that's shit. However, they stuck with Rangers. Now, I'm not saying that John needs to stick with Man United. That's not my point. My point is that when you support a club, it goes beyond the... It, Behavior and yeah, hierarchy. it's an individual the, decision. Yeah, and yeah. and and actually, the the institution. Don't get me wrong. There is a line. There is. A, there's probably a line that an institution can cross where you go. Actually, I don't believe it anymore. But then there also might be a point where that institution changes it and and gets brought back. Who who knows? I I, I don't know. Yeah, it's really hard. I, I, I get it. Like, it's you love the club,
1: and there's so many different aspects to that. But at what point does one part of that? behave in such a way that it just makes you go yeah. that's enough even though there's all these other parts of it I love it doesn't matter because this is so bad that well
0: I... that's enough for a period of time it's enough yeah. until it changes you, you know you can you can act with your feet and your money and you can not subscribe until the point where you think that they've earned your trust back again and I think that is totally fair enough if John doesn't support Man United for the next 20 years something happens in football and actually he goes I can believe in this again I believe in this again and, and gets some kind of um you know, a balance from that. Then that's a really good thing. But they will have deserved that twenty years worth of him saying "fuck off." I, I honestly
1: don't have that much hope either because I don't. No, you know, I think not. we've yeah. seen
0: where we're at, and I,
1: I can't. I mean, I would. Um, I, I suppose, what would I like to see? Um, I I would like to see punishment. Okay. All I, right I, I, I would like to see. I think more that like I, I say that flippantly. I would, but what's that really going to achieve, I guess? And there's 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 other aspects of this which are really weird in that a lot of these owners who were employers didn't tell their employees at the club, you know, the managers, the coaches, the players but they, but about...
0: that never happened. At board level, you make decisions and you don't tell your managers. True,
1: but I'm just thinking, like, you know, if there's a punishment, it is actually going to largely affect or... Not only it's going to have a, a a big impact on on the players and the coaches as well. Yeah, but that but that shouldn't matter. And and I'm, I mean that in a way that I don't. I'm not no, saying. But what that are to, you trying to? What are we? If we punish them, what are we going to hoping to achieve with that as a as a lesson of don't do this again?
0: Yeah, you stop other owners doing it again. You do know, we? Re, do you really think it would have that effect though? Oh, I don't want to punish fans unnecessarily, but but actually the the fans are the the bulk of this the the players the staff of the bulk of this but but you make decisions at board level that affects your whole business you can make a a very poor acquisition decision in in the corporate world and your company can go under that's not your employees fault and they wouldn't have known anything about it but still in our capitalist world that's what happens so yes you yes you punish them okay do you I, i mean i suppose what i'm saying is
1: i don't need punishment is the answer particularly because often when we see punishments doled out it's a token gesture let's look at the financial crisis there were you know there was like there was only one guy i think that was actually um that went to prison but there were some you know there was some massive bailouts and there were a, a few people that took a bit of a okay a f- right a wait but just let me finish yeah go on but what i don't think that that uh, punishment is the answer what i would like to see is legislation and regulation that leads to real change because the system is 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 broken now there is a reason why there were no german teams that yeah because the 51 50 ownership model yeah so why why can we not legislate to have something similar in the other leagues within Europe, or in well, the, or in the UK, we like can. That, but we that's, also... that's what I that's what I think would do far more good for football is actually legislate for change rather than just a token punishment to the club.
0: No, I don't think it should be a token punishment. I think it should be an extreme punishment. Uh, like uh, what? Okay, so you know, so what happened in the eighties, right? With the all English clubs got kicked out of Europe for five years. Every single one in what was it 1985 86 when there was you know hooliganism was rife and there was a problem with was it Liverpool fans in Hells oh, Hells Oh geez, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm struggling with my history here. But all of England was kicked out of Europe for five years. And Wait, are you gonna I'll say Helsinki? Yeah, no, no, oh, I, I can't remember the pardon me for again, everyone's listening, is screaming out, and I'm really sorry, but. You know, Okay, so Oxford United won the, won the Milk Cup, the League Cup in 1986, right? They were banned from Europe for winning the League Cup. They were banned from Europe because in 1985, all English clubs got banned from Europe for five years. What that did was it fucking nipped hooliganism in the UK in, a, in, in the bud because it was an extreme punishment. And actually what was going on in the early 80s was not good enough. And what oh, happened yeah, after I that agree. made you a big think difference. There was no, 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 in the no, 90s. no, no. Oh Jesus! The difference between the nineties and the eighties is, is is chalk and cheese. Anyway, okay, right. Let me let me say this. Let me let me put it this way. You let's say for example, this is hypothetical, Rog. You have your name is Todger, and you have a you, and you have a. A wife called Sally. <laughs> right. right. Uh, let's say your wife cheats on a bloke, cheats on you with a bloke. It's all hypothetical, hypothetical. Yeah. A bloke who didn't, let's say, put on as much weight How during could COVID. You, Sally. So a, a guy who was a, a, bit, a bit skinnier than you and, and um, you know, washed his hair a bit more often. Right. Right. And I, I get this, by the way. We can move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> let's say she came back to you and she told you. She was like, Sorry, Todger. Hypothetically, your name's Todger. Sorry, Todger. Well, can I not just be me? Uh, no, 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 because right. your wife's name's Sally and it's okay. a bit too close to her. <laughs> your name's Todger. Anyway, Todge. So, Todge. She comes back and she says, look, I've cheated on you. The next three days. Soz. Uh, soz. Cheat on you, Soz. But this bloke is super fit. He's rich. He's great. He's the future. I love him but actually what happens in the in the days after she's told you is is that her whole life is pulled apart you've got you know a couple of kids that that, that hate their mum you've got friends and family that think she's a, she's a she's just a complete bitch it's like oh my god her whole life has fallen apart she's ruined everyone's life and she comes back to you 3 days later and she goes i made a mistake i'm so, i'm just so sorry i'm so sorry i made a mistake and you're like, okay, well, fair enough, right? I I can put my life back together because you made a mistake. That's cool. I can forgive. But the first thing you're going to do is you're going to say, well, you probably shouldn't ever see this bloke again, should you? Now, I I would say that would be a pretty reasonable response. So the first thing I would say to these clubs who have essentially cheated on the Premier League is I'd say, well, you can't play in Europe. You can't see those. You can't see this rich bloke again for an extended period of time. Whether it's just your clubs or whether it's the country, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, and I don't think it should be the country, but but I'm saying that there should be a reasonable level of response for someone completely cheating on their system, ruining everything. You can't just walk back into it and say I'm sorry and expect there to be no repercussions whatsoever yeah. so I'd say that these clubs cannot compete in Europe well when let's I say have that, both let's have
1: punishment and legislation well, exactly <laughs> exactly
0: right and whilst these clubs don't compete in Europe whilst you can't see that other bloke I'm going to work out how to protect myself from this yeah. happening to me again which means that I'm going to, we're going to go to marriage counselling and work out what it is that went wrong in the first place do you know
1: the, I actually I have less of an issue with your like I'm not condoning cheating but I have less of an issue with that because there's human emotions involved, I know it's just a scenario, than I do with what's happened with the ESL, because it's just about money. Like, at least in a human scenario, there's emotions, which are, you know, more difficult to control. Like, I would say there's more mitigating factors in that, whereas this is purely greed. And actually, all the more reason then to really slap it down. Well, you know, Exactly but, right. And, yeah. and I, I mean... I, I agree with you, but I just, I, I really don't think that's going to happen. And I think that gives a good segue onto um, the, the next part of this, which is that, is this just a smokescreen, Jeff? Conspiracy theory number two. <laughs> Was this all an elaborate ruse to sneak the Champions League changes through on Monday? which has happened, Mm -hmm. so that's been agreed. And in uh, 2024, we will see changes to the Champions League, which look not too different to a European Super League. It's a slower change, but um, expanded 34
0: to thirty eight clubs it's only expanded by four teams yeah it's
1: only expanded by four teams but it's a league structure now there's some things that still haven't been announced but it's going to be all in one league and you play 10 games five Mm -hmm. at home five away um the top eight go through um to the next round automatically and then there's a playoff system like there's a playoff system from uh whatever it is, 16th to 24th Mm. or something ridiculous like that. Um, And then the four teams that are coming in to it, two of them are going to be given as placings, but two of the spaces, extra spaces, that are being given to get into the revamped Champions League are going to be based on the coefficient of performance from the previous five years if those sides miss out on qualification directly. So that scenario might be a Man United finishing seventh, and they they have to have sorry, I should like paraphrase. a Chelsea they, this they, year. They have to have also they have to have qualified for the Europa League, um, or there's some other um European club that mm. I hadn't even heard heard of, some other competition. So you, ha- you know you can't Europa Cup, the, the yeah. second the, the new that? one.
0: It's, yeah, it's like a like a shit stabbers Europa yeah, League. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> so there's there's that or you or
1: the Champions League qualifying stage or the Europa yeah, League. Yeah. yeah so yeah. but you just automatically get in the Champions League. So again that is massively you favouring what, what the big
0: clubs Those in the Europa League who finish third in their groups, do they still get do they still go third? They haven't announced. Oh, it. sorry. I mean, I mean, those in the Champions, Champions League, league people, do they go into yeah. Europa League?
1: I would assume so. But there's another aspect to the, and the, I should say, the Europa League. The same rules are coming in about the league structure. Yeah. But one thing that they haven't announced is how they will, um, you know, generate the fixtures. So we're all in one league, and you play ten clubs. So yeah, okay, You're not going to play yeah. all of them. So I would suspect it will be done on a seeding. mechanism and essentially what will happen is that um the group of death doesn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. you know and i think you there is more chance that you will have big teams playing small teams and the big teams go through to the next round of the competition it's all designed to favor the bigger teams yeah but now this is just this is just come in i agree that i agree that it's
0: more gross than it is now but at least it's open like at least it's a system that you can qualify for from your league and yes i get it it's weighted towards the bigger clubs but remember those bigger clubs will not be the bigger clubs forever we 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 do work in a secular system that
1: there do you think there's an element though of some of the clubs going along with this to just Move things along more quickly. No, to no, what they, they want this was they this were, was in you the think bag this already. Was
0: all, all in. This was they were already. They already had these concessions agreed before they even announced the the European Super League.
1: No, but I suppose I more mean that they they weren't completely happy, right? They wanted more. Yeah. And so, is there an element of them going the whole hog and going? You know, we're going to leave. We're going to go for the ESL trying to fast track and and push along this changed no, they they, they I, accept that you I know the best case, is, best case is we go now and we get this worst case is we will at least we get what have, we wanted anyway well, and yeah. we're going to push push things along more quickly to what we
0: want no I don't buy it I, I you know Perez who is probably the world's biggest prick right now um, from Real Madrid he said that the clubs have been working on this concept for two years which is just like Sally has been cheating on Todd. For Two years before she decided to come clean, that makes it worse, but it also makes it so incompetent. Like the fact that you have a glazier,
1: like as one of your main mouthpieces and first people to release a statement Joel Glazier, like, like it's gonna go badly. Like, it just so much of it just looked like a shit show and half assed You're like, if you have been planning it, like, do it better.
0: Yeah, I agree, and and the um. The United statement is something that I I will struggle to get over. And if I was in John's shoes, and if I was a Man United fan, I'd love to hear from you, Man United fans. So I can't believe I'm saying that, but I struggle with their statement. I read Arsenal's; it was emotional. I even listened to the interview with John Henry from but Liverpool.
1: But maybe they've maybe Arsenal have just got a better PR
0: guy. Well, of course, it's, these are all done through PR agencies, whatever. But at least it just claims some responsibility. Manchester United, have you read it? said Manchester United will not be participating in the European Super League. We have listened carefully to the reaction from our fans, the government, and other stakeholders. We remain committed to working with others across the footballing community to come up with a sustainable solution for long-term challenges facing the game. That's it. Hmm. Fuck off. Really, just fuck off. That, that that doesn't say, we were wrong, we're sorry, the fans changed our mind. It doesn't it, it, All it says is, stakeholder it says the word stakeholders in a three sentence fucking statement and it says that yes this isn't the right option we're still looking for options so hold on to your hats everyone it's gonna happen again you know but it will piss off just piss i mean there, there is another element here which is one thing i found
1: hard with this is like you know Gianni infantino came out as like the voice of reason at one point in this like being critical and i was like oh my god like the biggest crooks of all fifa are you know sort of sounding holier than thou coming out and and um you know criticizing this and i i found that really hard um because The system is broke. Like, you know, FIFA and UEFA are horribly corrupt, and there's (laughs) huge amounts of money that unnecessarily goes to a small number of people and doesn't get distributed within the football pyramid. Like, the system is broke. It's already broken. But at the same time, I just think it is so disgusting that these people think that they're the ones to fix it. And they're the ones that are already benefiting the most from the system
0: like it is exactly, at the moment. Exactly, they're the ones who don't want it to change. Okay, so the last question about... Because I know that we've been banging on about this for a while, but it's quite important. Last, last question is how have you felt seeing all the coverage? What have you thought of the, the Gary Neville's and the Jamie Carragers of this world and the the, the the podcasts and the articles and the blogs? And how have you how have you felt about it?
1: Um. Well, like I said, I think it's been good to see the sort of you know the massive groundswell of opposition to well, it and, and how much you know passion and vitriol towards this um the the, the concept is from you know fans players for you know from all
0: throughout football so. Um, so did they fight it do they get credit does 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 Gary Neville and Chelsea fans get credit for beating this down I mean I'm being I'm being facetious there but you know what I mean like like is that groundswell of fan support and media coverage the reason why this has not got as far no, as No
1: the reason it hasn't got through is cuz you mean is, is it people power
0: that's... Yeah, because I'm being sold that right now. Right now, if you if you jump on the internet, I am being sold the idea that, essentially, a microcosm of what I'm being sold is the Chelsea fans stood outside Stamford Bridge with a placard and Petr Cech came out and said, don't worry, we're working on it. And then they were cheering because they did it. They saved football. And I'm not I'm not trying to belittle the Chelsea fans. So that is a microcosm of the message that I'm hearing. Everywhere. There is a very, I mean, very... I think there's an element of that in that I
1: think football
0: said hold on machine says no
1: this is football like this is still you you are trying to take our game you know this is like we said it's it's capitalism on speed it's gone too far to the point where they've actually left the thing that they're trying to sell behind they've gone like oh we don't really need that we just we only need a little bit of it you know just a few clubs to go and play and, and that's all we need and the rest of football has has massively rejected that and i think I mean, it will be a money decision. They've realised that there perhaps would be too many um, loopholes or that there could be legislation to stop them doing it, and uh, they misread the room. I think that's why it... it, And there's an element of people power in that that's, that's important. I think it's also interesting as a side point with it that... I sort of thought, because I felt like that was my immediate reaction. You know, you feel really strongly about it. But then it's interesting that we saw um, Patrick Bamford obviously was interviewed and mm. uh, came out and essentially said, well, what, what about racism? You know, this is a, a problem that's been in our game for such a long time. And um, everyone agrees that it's, the it's a horrible power? thing. Yeah. But where's the people power? And then the interviewer was straight away just trying to bring it back to the... as like. Immediate case in point, yeah. proven within the interview. Yeah, but what do you think about the uh, ESL? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you'd say the same. I mean, I spoke about um, Infantino coming out in opposition with FIFA, and yet, for exactly the same reasons that these clubs tried to start the European Super League, mm. FIFA gave the World Cup to Qatar
0: You're exactly to, to, right. to
1: make money and. Thousands and thousands of workers have died because of a decision that FIFA have made. Now, I mean, it again it is where I, I suppose it's, I think, without getting too philosophical, we only notice that the water is rising when it's at our front door. When you're drowning, that's exactly it, right. Yeah, and I think this. Was a moment when fans of football, um, you know, they can rationalise what's happening in Qatar because it's happened Yes, it's awful, but it's happening a long way away, somewhere else, so somewhere else. But this was, this is, this is my football, and you're, you are taking it away from me. I, you know, I don't like that. And there's an immediacy to that, and I think that's what, that's what we saw. And I suppose mm. some of that's human nature, but it does make you think that. I think it just makes. You realize how, that there are some pretty deep-seated problems, with, like with, within football. I mean, but it did. Yeah. How did it make me feel? I, I did see have some faith in that. I, I, I mean, I, I want to believe that there is a people power element there too. I mean, what do you what do you think? Is it like,
0: is I, that naive? I, I struggle with it because I see if people power made a difference the concept wouldn't have found the table. If they cared, if they actually gave a shit about what the people thought, it wouldn't have got as far as it got. So something else is the reason why it fell apart. Because they will have fully... You know, you make a pragmatic decision. You go, okay, well, how many... You said at the beginning of the pod, right? You said the market is is the middle-income Chinese, Indian, Indonesian who are... uh, you know, ready to embrace this new amazing competition who don't give a shit about Burnley versus Stoke on a Monday night. They're, they're, they're the market, right? So you go, how many people are there? Well, they're assuming that's the They're assuming, yeah, yeah. How many people are there versus how many people are in England? There's, what, 65 million people in England? There's that many people in UK. It, so how many people in England?
1: 40 out to 45.
0: Okay, there are that many people in a province in China. So they're going, well, who gives a shit if all of these people turn away from us? Because actually, we can we can just sell it to Zhengjing and we'll be all right. You, you know, so yeah, prag- I mean, uh, yeah, they would have run the numbers. So, and yeah. so that's what I mean. Pragmatically, that makes sense. So the only so actually, they could have lost everyone. So why would they care about the upswell apart from what you said, which I agree with you about whether that destroys the brand to so what you're selling in the first place? I get all of that, but when we're talking about the how this falls apart. Actually, they would have been just as pragmatic about their decision to pull out as they were to get in in the first place. Now, when you start looking at being kicked out of the Premier League, when you start looking at being kicked out of the Champions League, start looking at losing sponsors, so all of this public swell has a financial effect. What is it? You get £190 or something for winning the the Premier League.
1: But that starts with people power, though. Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree. I agree. If it wasn't for the people power, they wouldn't have assumed they would have lost all that revenue. But the scale shifted what's 420 million pounds a year versus losing 200 okay well we'll make the 400 thanks that makes sense as soon as that 200 or that 190 starts growing because it starts becoming sponsorship money and european um you know what is it 17 million pounds per european performance in the champions league that stuff quickly adds up if it's your noodle partner quickly adds up makes you go okay well hmm, my scales are tipping the other way abort and then if you're a club like Chelsea or Manchester City and you actually don't care about the money and it's all about sports washing Hmm. then you that's what's most valuable well I think
1: there is an element of is interesting that the English clubs were first to back out and there has been the biggest there's been quite a lot of opposition in Italy and this is massive, massive, massive news. In Italy, but yeah. in the you know, it's been huge in the UK. Like there's we can't underestimate the the sort of the feeling and the um you know, bloody the the Prime Minister's been coming out and talk you know, it's big news. Um and and I think there is an an element there of the of the English club's perhaps realising that they had misread the room and that feeling and that the implications might be bigger than they thought for, yeah, for leaving. Yeah, agree. And this then is... as soon as you get one go, then it's like dominoes. House of cards. Yeah.
0: I've never in my life seen the government, all the newspapers and all the people be on the same side for anything in england <laughs> yeah. ever i've never ever seen it whereas suddenly apart from uh world cup or the euros <laughs> well, but but, then, but even that goes you know, sometimes yeah, yeah. boris johnson isn't even up for that he's that's a rugby true. fan do you know what i mean so, so there's like i've never seen such unification and, and I, i'm not saying that that's the reason why but it's very interesting but as i say the rhetoric right now is that people power people power killed this and then the next question is, you know, well, what does that mean? People power can do for other things. Patrick Bamford's right. If we gave a shit enough about some of mm-hmm. these other problems, we'd have fixed them by now. I just, and that's I, what's so depressing.
1: Yeah, and I also I just think we shouldn't get carried away. I, I, it should show us what we can do, but at the same time there is absolutely no way that we should be celebrating what's happened or resting on our laurels because this has shone a glaring light on where we are at as a society and where football's at to the point where they thought they could do this. Like, th- we are... Times are grim. Like, okay. this is, you know... I, I, I
0: completely agree with you, and, and we've we've spent nearly our whole hour, and I've probably asked you four questions. I've got a bucket oh, load on the list. Great. Um great. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just whiz through some of the others. I'm, I'm sorry to 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 be so crude about it, but um, football happened today. Did you care? No, isn't that interesting? The one thing that struck—that's <laughs> not a leading question. I go, what thing? It struck me about the question I just asked you. Chelsea, um, Brian, nil, nil. Well, yeah, but what was what is interesting is that this season we have gone through no fans, VAR pandemic so you know shortened time to play all these games lots of injuries all these things that have ruined the season now suddenly with six games to go we're having games being played where the players aren't even paying attention (laughs) like this is could the season be any more defunct than it is now does anyone give a shit for the next six games
1: i there's just one little bit of me that I watched a bit of football on the weekend before, and it seems like such a long time ago, and I can't even remember a lot of it because of what's happened in the last two days. But I Everton um, drew against Spurs. Man United scored a couple of weren't great, but scored a couple of really good goals. Greenwood again. was on fire. Yeah. Good. Um,
0: and oh, Man, Man um, City, Bruno Fernandez is dummy. Yeah, so Greenwood, amazing. just brilliant. Yeah.
1: Um, Man City obviously uh, lost in. That happened at the weekend? Yeah, I think that happened at the weekend. Uh what do they look at FA Cup? <laughs> yeah, to, to Chelsea, yeah. <laughs> so the quadruple is gone. Yeah. Now that happened and then Man United won. Now Man United are only eight points behind Man City.
0: Which now, do you do you know that is the same amount of points that City were behind United in the Aguero year? there you go with the same Matt games to go so
1: it just there's just a little bit of me that goes there's been all this talk about the Man City machine and the quadruple and I would hate it to be Man United but there is a little bit of me that would kind of love it if it all fell over in a heap and Man City didn't win anything
0: it would it would be amazing. It would be it would be amazing. <laughs> that I'm was my like, that was my thought. Was my football thought uh, all the weekend. So Spurs sacked Mourinho this week. Let's talk about that.
1: I got as funny uh, this morning. I was a Spurs fan at work, and he just sent me a double thumbs up as things were like imploding with the ESL, and Jose's gone, and yeah, just gave it. Oh, they're, they're,
0: well, are Spurs having a dream week? Probably not. No, um, the timing.
1: What the fuck is that? Well, it's. I mean, it's interesting because this this is all about levy to me yeah in that i knew he had a ruthless streak like he's you know he's a
0: um narcissistic billionaire
1: you, oh, don't, he's, oh no i don't think that levy's a billionaire he's not the money man
0: uh levy has a lot of money does he billionaire? He, he's a millionaire
1: but anyway he's a like he's a savvy businessman and he's got a he's got a ruthless streak to him we've all we've seen that before you're but,
0: you're o- over explaining the word prick okay But... Levy's a prick.
1: But there's an interesting... But I didn't know was a bigger prick than Jose. But I quite... Like, I think... I don't know anything about this, but on the (laughs) surface of things, this is quite vindictive. It's ruthless, isn't it? It is so ruthless. Like, I knew he had this streak, but this is... To sack a manager just before...
0: Five days, yeah.
1: They have the chance... Now, Spurs don't win many trophies. This is a chance to win a trophy. But I think he has done it purely because... If Jose wins the trophy, then all we will hear about from Jose is I still won something. Spurs never win anything. You know, I had to work under these conditions, but I still won something. I'm always a winner. And Levy hasn't even given him the chance to have that as an
0: noun. Perhaps there were clauses clauses in his contract. If you win something, you get X payout. I I hadn't even thought about that. I'm just thinking it's it's like a vindictive like personal... So I've been trying to dig around for information. It sounds like there was a lot of player pressure on him uh, and before the final, lots of questions about his team selection and how he was treating Gareth Bale and all of this stuff. But I I think it's... uh, It's interesting though, because you'd imagine that they would make...
1: There's a financial there might be a financial aspect to it there, which is which is what you're saying. Mm. Um and they are paying him huge amounts of money a year, like twelve million a year, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um you would imagine that they want to make the decision that gives them the best chance to win the trophy. It's a Mickey Mouse cut. So Ryan Mason but it's still is still a it's, trophy.
0: It, is he gonna win the trophy?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean it's a great you would imagine that bringing in a, the a new manager now or the assistant manager is not ideal. It's not ideal pre- no, it's preparation, not ideal. and all because not all oh, Jose's none of this all, week all is his, ideal all his preparation. preparations have gone too. Yeah, but I mean, it would be a fantastic story because Mason is a Spurs man through and through. Um, like, came up in the youth team there. He, didn't, mm. he never really quite made it. I remember him having a good spell. Um, he must, he must was at Hull? on loan at, at, at Hull. Yeah, um, and then he went back to Spurs and he was playing a bit but still didn't quite go and then he got a really bad injury so he fractured his skull and had to retire at um, yeah it's only three you know, years like ago early, or whatever uh, yeah uh, what um, like early 30s or something I think. he's only 29 now oh he's 29 yeah oh so mid 20s then yeah so um, what a story and he is a you know, he's a Spurs, Spurs
0: if, man. if he won a trophy in his first game in charge. It would be so brilliant. Yeah. I would absolutely love it. And that would create a feel-good factor. Uh, although, would it? There is such a cloud over football right now, especially Tottenham. There but it is would for Spurs.
1: A- As a Spurs fan, that would... Okay, I wonder what old mate Joe would, is thinking at this point in on his island in the Bahamas with his i mean he would have been straight in for this, of money. course he would
0: yeah. yeah but so okay, so if you're a Spurs fan and you win a trophy at the weekend this weekend, if you win a trophy this weekend, how's your week been I mean it's i would I would argue it's still been pretty shit <laughs> well,
1: you say that, but I think as humans we have a remarkable ability to. Forget about things quickly, and I think there are a lot of Spurs fans that would just go with one a trophy. Oh, uh, okay. I, I know that. I know that's, <laughs> like, I know that's a bit soul destroying, but I think there honestly would be. I'll
0: ask you one more question before we go today. And by the way, just as with the last time recording, without John the sound man, I've got no outro music, so we're gonna have to sing it, Rudge you and me. Right. One last question: Do you think that there is any good that's going to come of this? Is there is there light at the end of the tunnel that we're going to look back on this period and go, you know, that happened for a reason and that's a good thing. But we're better off for it. Give me something, Rog. I would love Todge.
1: to. I would love to say yes, but no. No. Okay. That's I, I mean, I, 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 so sad. What a horrible way to finish. Like, I, I, I think there are options. Okay. Now, we talked about Germany. I think there are certainly things that you can do. And I believe this is about society too. Like
0: There are options and There society, are
1: aspects yeah. of capitalism that, that work, but it, it doesn't work on its own. And you have to have governance and legislation. And it can't be left to people just who are all just trying to make as much money as they can. There has to be regulation. And to me, it's one of the things that frustrates me about football. We, we can do it. We have we, we have the tools we just don't necessarily have the will from the people that are running the game because they're all just worried about where the money's coming from mm. and, and by just because we're functioning within this same system I don't have any faith that there will be real change
0: I think there is a there's always a, a bit of a, a dichotomy between you know what it takes to run a country and what it takes to run a business and, and you often hear uh, analogies like you know why aren't the best um, you know the the brightest minds, uh, economics, in charge of the budget, and and why aren't why aren't the scientists in charge of um, infrastructure? And you know why why aren't we choosing these people who are experts in their fields to work within the government and represent those those fields, and using them from the private sector? And and the the problem with that model is that the the point of the private sector is to make money for the private sector, and the point of the government is to have the people in that who are governed flourish. And those two things cannot work together. You cannot be a, a profitable private entity and also have your people flourish. And I do not care who you are. That's just impossible. And when we... Which is generally why we see cyclical Exactly right. You have <laughs> one that spends and one that saves. And you. when we look at football, we are looking at... Uh, a strange crossbreed of you need to support your network which are the fans and have them flourish so that they continue to support and grow your support because they're the envy of all of the other fans at the same time as we've let in the concepts of being a purely profitable business and not a community and that we have seen the balance shift and it has shifted in a way that looks right now as irreversible
1: but i do i mean i do there is a lot to to look at the the german model to say and and that hasn't stopped success i mean there's, yeah, but we can't there's go back issues to that. with the league
0: the only know? way you can go back to that is to is to is to have brand new clubs starting in the football league yeah. like that yeah and being more successful than the clubs are currently there oh, and that is in a sense an open market to sell the shares you I can't. Know. You can't force. No, well, you uh, can't. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, well, good. There's lots, lots to look forward to then in football <laughs> for this week. So, just to conclude, no one gives a shit about football. It's all fucked. Games are pointless, and we look forward to the next six.
1: But uh, the Euros will be on soon. There might be fans.
0: UEFA, yay! <laughs> yeah, so, the to saviors. To... Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. what is it? Did you do this last week? Yeah, I did, but I can't work out how to do the outro on the podcast.
1: See ya. Bye. Bye.